13th floor. The 13th floor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, joined by my main man, Mr. Logistics. What's going on, sir? Everything is good, man. We alive, we here, we ready to go. Oh, man, that hat, man. You keep teasing me with it, man. How, what I got to do to get one? What I got to do to be one of the cool kids? Manufacturer. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, baby, be fresh. What's happening, baby? Hey, you know what it is. We still out here one time. This is my BJ Wakanda joint. You see that? Uh, uh, throw it right to the U. You know what it is. We out here. We ready. Invigorated. Fresh invaded. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Coach K, what's happening with you? I am tearing. This this grind and grind and grind. Man, I'm tired. Oh, tearing. I'm here. What I'm the alive. What is that? Tearing. Tearing. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that? Hey, BJ, what happened to the paintings, man? I don't know if I ever saw one. Um, that y'all did at UM. Oh yeah, everybody's came out nice, man. I had um, I had a couple people. Man, we had so many styles. I gotta send you the picture. Ta da! Oh, they go fresh right there. Mine is downstairs. Um, I even had one of the alumni I saw ran to like two weeks ago. He like, you know, I put my picture up in my walk walkway. You from my house, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody just went shining with it. We got other cities want to replicate it and do something across across the Chicago and New York right now. So. I'm going to go to one of somebody else's city so I can get a better picture. I don't like mine. <laughs> Did you not paint no it right? Uh, it sounds like mean? a personal problem. What do you mean? There was there was so much uh, freedom. <laughs> so, everything wasn't outlined. The only thing that was outlined was Africa. Everything else was freehand, bro. So that means you should have been on your Asher Picasso and been good. Hey, you didn't get that from me. <laughs> that so, fell very far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was shocked that mine came out decent. To be honest with you, man, I don't do painting, drawing, none of that stuff, man. But Nelly came out decent. So what we got to do to get one in DC? Who's ahead of that committee? Um, we got Denitra, Denitra Henry up there, and um, somebody else just moved. I gotta look back and see who's there, who's still there. Sorry, I can't think right now. But Denitra Henry, the main one out of DC right now. Yeah, and Denitra Henry. You got Noel McMahon. She's up there. Wendy, Wendy Ann Dixon Dubois. Yes, thank you. That's those, those two of them. I forgot Noel moved up there though. These young cats, they move around a lot, man. I can't keep up with them. <laughs> we got to, man. You got to go where the opportunity is. Nothing wrong. Yeah, I guess I'm old soul when it comes to that. I'm tired of moving. <laughs> well, you just bought a house, so you shouldn't be moving anywhere. That's why I bought a house. So I ain't got no. I got a reason not to move. <laughs> Gentlemen, how was the weekend, man? Busy, crazy. Yeah, about to say pretty. Uh, always. oh yeah, man. I forgot. Well, I almost forgot to throw it in here, man. My man, pretty in pink, Coach K, man. You thought I was gonna let it slide? Pretty. <laughs> I don't understand, man. Man, you look real good in that pink shirt, man. I applaud you and your and your efforts to find the skinny jeans that fit the black man's legs. Listen, I didn't make any effort to find any of that stuff between Wendy and Art. That's that's all them, man. Props to them for finding all this stuff. Yes, our um, clothing team is very strong. We did what we had to do to execute, and um, we're all excited to see what what um, amazing photos and videos um, our man Marvin is going to be able to create. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited to see what uh what the photos come out, man. The photo shoot went well, it looks like. You got a, a lot of exposure down Wynwood. Yeah, man. Um came out well, even though, you know, where where we really intended to take photos was closed um until ten thirty. So we had to go scout the neighborhood to find other other backdrops, but it all worked out well. You know, as usual, one of our strongest um things as a group is our ability to adapt to change and especially adapt rapidly to change and execute still what needs to happen. It was definitely like Carol said, we were thrown off by not being able to go where we initially anticipated being able to shoot. But with the whole squad there that we had, BJ was able to do some um, scouting around in order to find a few of the different uh, murals and, 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 pictures to do some shooting in front of it was while definitely a hot day it was still a good day to walk around um and really just being down there in Winwood and seeing everything that's down there I encourage anybody who's in the area or visits that you definitely need to take the time to walk around that area download the Winwood tours app there's a lot of beautiful cool uh, unique and art that's down there that is definitely worth just um enjoying the day walking around there's a lot of good restaurants and and places to just kind of hang out and catch a vibe go do it man go do it yeah man again shout out to unforgettable images definitely yeah. appreciate it man and you know he had the young ones out there he had his, his uh son out there he had his little brother out there and you know they, they were part of the camera crew so i was they were actually working Oh yeah, I was, I, I'm I'm pretty sure there was a couple of child labor laws that were broken. <laughs> oh, it's man. called apprenticeship, man. We got to get more of that amongst the community, man. Hey, but yeah, that's, I, what I, that's what I say. Two two highlights was one, his son was on it. Like you could tell, he knew what he was doing. He was focused. He was ready. While his brother was not as excited about being there, mm -hmm. I will say the the shining moment was when he was doing um, Marvin is the owner of the company was doing a, a Facebook live post and he was, you know, talking and then he went on his brother and asked his brother if he wanted to say anything to the people and his brother, he's probably what, nine, 10 years old. Something he's like that. Fifth. He's going to fifth. So he's 10 or 11, 10 or 11 years old. And all he said, even though he was looking tired for, I mean, after 10 minutes into the shoot, this little boy looked like he had had enough. And this was an hour and a half later. He asked him, do you it's want to say a half later, man? It's like almost like three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't. It wasn't at the last shoot. It was after the um. It was like halfway between. When okay. We did that video. Hour and yeah. half. It was like because it was when we went to the the Basquiat one. But when he asked him what um he wanted to say to the people, the one thing he said was he wanted to thank his brother for the opportunity. Yeah. So that was yeah. definitely um something that was surprising, but awesome to hear especially somebody at such a young age to have that kind of insight and, and to be that thankful that I was, uh, it was, it was cool to watch and witness. Awesome, man. I'm glad to see it. I'm actually really thankful. I got BJ and Carol on the podcast today. Cause one of the things that I want to talk about, I need you guys perspective on it because I think as the older gentleman on the podcast, y'all will be able to weigh in on this a, a little more heavily than I could. Older gentleman. Okay. I just hey man, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be graceful in how I, I uh, express myself, and you guys being the old heads. All right, so just I'm, take I'm it. I'm glad that I'm um, 
I'm I'm considered young. <laughs> hey, so see, I still remember seeing you when I was at UM. So that's how you met, that's how you passed the bar. He wasn't supposed to be here. Was it because I was in school? <laughs> anyway, so uh, obviously we celebrated. By, by default, like he was there even before me. Just to put it out there for saying. That's actually quiet is kept. We moving this thing right along. Anyway, we were celebrating Madiba uh, not too long ago. It would have been a hundred years on the earth. Uh, for Nelson Mandela, I think that was July 18th or 19th was his birthday passed. Um, but to commemorate that, Obama has this Leadership Africa um, that he, he was doing and he gave a speech in his honor um, in South Africa. <coughs> and I wanted to talk a little bit about Madiba and apartheid because I was not aware of just how bad it kind of was i didn't know apartheid was what it was until i started listening to some of nelson mandela's speeches and the speech he gave to the united nations he actually gave two and when i started hearing him talk about the minority ruling the continent and how they were doing so i mean it immediately angers you because it's like how does this even happen but then to be pleading the case to the united nations and the un at the time who you would think is an organization set up to combat this and they were very, very slow to move, very, very slow to act. And to see all of that trying to be counteracted at this point where we have South Africa basically claiming their independence to their minority oppressors over time and saying, we're going to take back what's ours, we're going to take back our land. But I want to get some more of um, that perspective on Madiba and what he was trying to do, because I think that's important. Uh, me being a younger person, I just wasn't aware that apartheid was what it was. Yeah, I mean... I <laughs> Excuse me. Maybe you older gentlemen want to talk. I'm sorry I stepped in. I appreciate you wanting to jump in because he acts like we're so old that we that we might have been there or something. Like I just know in ninety I was four years old and then hearing about what apartheid was, it definitely isn't the same thing that you learn in the history books. I'll just say that. Well, you gotta remember that we're just learning about the extent of it ourselves. Remember the world wasn't as close and as open uh, back then as it is now. So we didn't have social media. It wasn't on Facebook. It wasn't on Instagram. So unless you were just deep into the news and really reading newspapers, you, mm -hmm. you didn't really know about it other than um, <clears throat> there was a movie called cry freedom. Yes, that yeah. Washington was in um, that kind of covered it where you kind of found out about Stephen Biko and what was going on with apartheid. But other than that, you know, you really needed to know some type of history teacher or. So the, the media tried to do something, was it Serafina? And there was one other movie that came out around the same time. So the pop culture at that point in time tried to address it, but it really wasn't in depth as a lot of the, inside stories you get and i was re reflecting on it and they actually i had to look it up just now february 11th 1990 was a day nelson mandela was released i remember vividly i had no idea who this man was but for some reason i was at home so i was nine years old i was at home and i saw the whole thing on tv like and they're telling a the whole background story and it, it sticks to me to this day i remember the commentary him being released from the cell walking out and the like the people just going crazy. I had no idea what was going on. And then going back and just trying to read the encyclopedias and other things at that point in time, because we ain't had no internet. Look, look, look up True stuff. indeed. Like what really happened? This man had been in jail for 27 years. 
Like I, I remember vividly that day. I remember the screenshots and everything from from him being released to them showing it on helicopter <laughs> view down. It was just crazy, man, to think about this one man represented, um, embodied the whole movement of what mm-hmm. was going on. And that was just not it wasn't even the end of the movie, it was just like the 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 heartbeat of it. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. And I I mean, just like you guys where I'm not um you know, too keen on the full details of apartheid, but I do do understand it was essentially not like modern day slavery ish in a way. Like just like they said, the fact that the m- minority was had a stronghold control over the majority and the vast majority, and how long it took, and and what it took in order to get that wrong righted. I don't even know if righted is the correct term, but um the amount that it took and, and the fact that he was in jail for so long for equality is, is it's wow. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a story. That's why there are movies and books and all that other great stuff that it's, it's definitely a poignant point in history. And it's, um, it's always awesome when Obama can, you know, return some light to a situation just like that. Right. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Think of a, you just think of how rapid time to end. When I said a heartbeat, I think that's what really stuck with me this whole time because I looked up the data. So officially, they say apartheid ended April 27, 1994. But we all know when they put dates on stuff, this is just arbitrary, right? right. But Nelson Mandela became president, the first black president of South Africa in 1994. So he was released in 1990. Just a little over four years later, this man became the president of the president of the country. So you're talking about that movement that had been going on for almost 50 years, no, 40-something years at that point in time. So he embodied something that when he was released, he just it was a wave they carried and put this man at the forefront. I feel like back to MLK. Like, there was a wave of things going on. And again, his circumstances put him at the forefront to lead the movement. And that's exactly what happened with Mendo. 100%. And he... He took on that responsibility great, gracefully, right? Like the the fact, all of that pressure that built up to him being locked up, the fact that he was locked up for so long, stood his ground, and then to be able to come out on top and within four years go from jail to presidency, it's just amazing, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. And Obama said it a couple of times in his address or the town hall, basically. Um, he said it in the beginning and he said it in the end. He he talked about worrying less about what you want to be and worrying more about what you want to do. And it's pretty evident. Obama talked about his rise to po- politics and everything. And not once did he ever uh, explicitly think he was going to go into politics. He never said, I want to be the president. He just wanted to be a civil activist, a voting rights activist. He spoke on these things. And you can kind of see it the same way with Nelson Mandela. It was never, you know, I'm going to be this figurehead. I'm just going to do certain things. And it just kind of, he just ascended to that right on his own. A hundred percent. I think that's an attribute of some of the greatest leaders, right? Is that they lead selflessly, that they don't, they're not leading for the fame of leadership. They're leading because they want to lead people to a better direction, right? And want to 
ensure that they're like, well, their their focus is on the doing on, on on what they're executing and not necessarily being so focused on the end result. Right. So the question that I want to have you ask you guys is do you see yourself subscribing to that same mentality? Like is it should you focus more so on what you're doing versus what you want to become? A hundred percent. I think that um it was going to be part of the uh fresh in the biz this week, but <laughs> one of the you open up the early in life, um I say is uh chisel at life, don't hammer, right? People get so caught up in Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that again. Say that again. Say it slow. Chisel at life, don't hammer. There you go. People get caught up in wanting to um in, in being worried about the end result and and get caught up in everything that it takes to get there and struggling with figuring out where do I start and instead of taking that first step and getting focused on the point is execution, they get lost in the wondering and the worrying and they never do anything. And so it's far better to digest those small pieces, right? If you're going to eat something, you don't just shove the whole thing in your mouth. You take small bites and you, you chew, swallow the same thing that you should do in life. Instead of being so caught up in worrying about how, do I get to that end result and, and what it takes and all of this, if you take the small pieces of chopping it up and, and understanding and, and, and being more focused on the doing and making sure you're executing in the long haul, that gets you on the road to where you want to go. Because a lot of times people think that they want one thing and are searching and exit and, and, and so caught up and worrying about, I want to be a lawyer and, and not taking the steps and pieces to get there, they find out that it's really not that they wanted to be a lawyer. Maybe they wanted to teach law, whatever it is. But in taking the step and initiative to get on that road and path and being focused in the doing, you can put yourself in motion to get to where you want to go. I have to definitely agree because that the second question of what do you want to do is so broad. I think people pigeonhole themselves like the example, I'm going to law school because I want to be a lawyer. No, what do you want to do with that law degree? That's that, and I think that's the thing because I have plenty of people. When I have, was having a conversation last week with a um, somebody from UM that was having another conversation with the district level, and we talk about like people's path in life and and current students in college and how they progress and have no idea what they really want to do because they ain't experienced life yet. There's no way at at 37 years old, I'm still I can say in the last few years have really decided that what I want to do is where I'm going. But you asked me five, six years ago is what I wanted to be. Because in, in coming out of uh, moving up in the ranks in education and everything, I wanted to go back. I, my thing was, I'm going to be a principal. I'm going to move up somewhere into a school board and eventually move up probably to upper management within a district. But what, what I found out through the work that I do is my passion right now is and what I thrive on is just school improvement and making sure equity in education. Now I can hit equity in education from you name the area, I can probably hit it. If I went legal field, I can take the legal background of special education or misrepresentation of minorities in the public education system, disparity, disparity in finances, things like that. 
as a um, on the business side. I can go into the charter school and how they're benefiting or not benefiting and bring another program into it. There's many different rounds you can take. And then what I want to do is ensure that all kids have equal access to the same information, the same resources, right? But how I do that can be many different avenues, whether it's going, again, the legal side, the business side. Um, you can even do the social emotional piece, which is more the counseling and mental health and the community aspect to it of providing services for um, access to healthcare, access thing in, in um, underprivileged neighborhood. I hate that word, I just used it. Um, lower socioeconomic neighborhoods. Like there's many different methods of doing it. So what I wanna do is make sure that no matter what community you come from, what school you attend to, you're gonna be at a school that gives you a high quality education. Now, whichever method I go to get there is, is what I wanna be or what I'm gonna become. But what I want to do is ensuring that that can happen to the best of my ability. And I can only articulate that in probably the last two years, honestly. So that's 35 years of trying to figure out what the hell that meant. Yeah, I think people get caught up in the what they want to be part because of the status. And now the comparison of, well, I became this and that means that I've achieved a certain level of status. And because you're so consumed with that status, the actual doing part of it gets lost because you don't see the significance. You don't see the reward from that because you haven't reached to that level. But if you really just went ahead and just did the what, as opposed to becoming the who, um, you know, it, it wouldn't seem so daunting and it wouldn't be that, if you don't get to that who, you failed. And that's why people look at failure and take failure so hard because they're so consumed with that who they're trying to become or what they're trying to become as opposed to you put in this work and what does that body of work look like when you turn around and look at who benefited from that body of work and what were the lessons that came from that body of work that may now stand to catapult somebody else to a different level of what they're able to do, not necessarily who they're able to become. Absolutely, and I think that was the biggest driving force of that message, um, you know, because you could spend 15, 20 years just trying to become this person or this thing or have this status or be in this entity and waste a lot of that time or maybe even it just all be taken away from you in one fell swoop. But when you spend that dedicated time, you know, doing, um, nine times out of 10, you're going to build a network. You're going to build the infrastructure or be put in the position or place to take advantage of opportunities, not only to create for yourself and to do the thing you said you would do, but as Carol mentioned, building that bridge for someone to continue that going forward. Definitely. Oh, I thought Fresh was about to jump in, man. He jumped off mute. The other big thing about this weekend, man, and Obama, speaking in South Africa, was uh, the unification. Uh, you know, the continent is composed of I don't know how many countries, but if you go on the website, Obama.org, you see all of the countries that are involved in this town hall. And it's all except for like three or four. 
But the unification of the continent and some of the things that they were talking about, how to overcome the challenges to such a thing and to overcome some of the challenges with business. A lot of it is similar to the strife and things that we have going on in America. But to see him starting that conversation in Africa, it almost, and I think me and Carol, you, we had this conversation back during the Million Man March, but. 54. 54. We had this conversation during the Million Man March of the impact that Obama would have out of office. And when I see him doing things like this, it reminds me of the impact he had while he was in office and a lot of the policies that were global um, as far as who they impacted. It was never so much so for one group of individuals. And I think he got a lot of flack for that. But seeing him to, to maintain that course um, now, moving into Africa and what he's trying to do, it's almost like he's going to be he's working on being president of the world, as you see that everybody kind of loves him. So I think that, and I believe at the time, um, the thought was is that his best work is going to be done outside of the White House. Right, because you lose those confines, right? But I also feel like uh, press, media, other world powers will kind of suppress his coverage because if they show his coverage and his legacy will continue and it will build uh, the, the what he's doing is going to continue to build and, and unite people. So there's a lot of work going on, I feel, that is behind the scenes and that we're not really exposed to. That, right, not on the national. He yeah, was you got a social media. The best president. Did you guys see that? Huh? No. Mm-hmm. Like they just mm-hmm. did a, um, a national poll of who's the best president and he won by of all time. I think of the I don't necessarily know if it was all time uh, but whatever I know was definitely of the last you know 50 years type thing and he beat everybody easily I mean you gotta look at it man this man's influence is just is it, so far reaching and I mean the best is really yet to come and if you get a unified continent for some somehow uh, say they were able to not go as far as the United I think somebody said the United States of Africa at the town hall, but just to continue the the dream of uh, Gaddafi when they with the unified currency uh, within the continent, that alone would you know do would, would do wonders for the economic and trade benefits for the country. So, I mean, I just think his influence is so far reaching, and with the uh, the amount of opportunity and the amount of influence he has, because in the room he's uniting people and bringing people of different industries, young people and old alike, even though he puts a lot of emphasis on the young and he makes, um, he's very careful about how he speaks to them, very careful about how he guides them, you know, making sure that they understand that they need to solve specific problems or have specific issues to reach to. All of these things, it's just, it's, it's amazing seeing that amongst the coverage that you get with our 45th president and all the other foolishness going on in the world, you know, that, that ray of light, ray of sunshine throughout all of it. Hundred percent. It's always um. It's always awesome watching Obama, right? It, it, probably the coolest president in in since like Kennedy, as far as people really feeling like, and and, and younger people feeling like, wow, I want to be like that. Other presidents may have executed, but like to have the demeanor that Obama has, and and at the end of the day, that cool factor, and still carry it so um perfectly on all platform forms is always um it's it's empowering to see right like it's it's cool to see somebody who's the president but you know can sit down 
with Jay-Z and have a cool conversation. And you know what I mean? And can go across, can come sit down with us and have a cool conversation on a level playing field and not seem like he is um, arrogant or trying to be over our heads or talking down to us. Did you guys see um, The Rock's interview with Jamie Foxx where he said he would actually consider running for president? <laughs> I heard I heard about it, but I did not watch the full interview, no. Uh, it's only eight minutes. It's only eight-minute video. Um, Jamie Foxx has this series now. I think it's called Grey Goose something something. Yeah. Eight-minute increments. He has Is one it with, on Facebook? Yeah, I saw – well, I think it's on Instagram. It's definitely on YouTube. Uh, might be on Instagram. I think it was Facebook that I saw it on because I saw him do Denzel Washington. I saw that one. I just know everybody got a show either on YouTube or Facebook now, so it's like easy way to commoditize. So what was his um his, his pitch to being president, Carol? Oh, he didn't make the pitch. It was something that Jamie Foxx asked him and he was just, you know, hey, yeah, I, I actually consider that. And um when he said that, Jamie Foxx was just like, Oh man, you know, that'd be pretty cool because I could see you sending out, you know, you know, the, the troops and then you'd be right there. <laughs> you right, know, leading the going line. To fight too, and I was just like, "Man, <gasps> come on!" Yeah, right there with his people's eyebrow. Right hey, you go. like everybody wants to forget Ronald Reagan was an actor. Like people, really? totally. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and act like it's so crazy to hear wow. Rock or somebody else or Trump becoming like Ronald Reagan. Don't forget, and and people like love Ronald Reagan that he was an actor. He was not a, a politician and, and on this road to politics and all this. This dude was an actor and just popular that, you know, got pushed into politics because of popularity and ultimately being able to be a, a, a front man and be a puppet and, actually, and execute what he uh, Wasn't he governor of California as well? They always come up, yeah. He was. Yep. What movie was this man in? Ooh. Oh, he had a huge... Wow, he was in uh, quite a few movies back in the day. I can't recall them on top of my head, but quite a few. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like them old school black and white western and stuff like that type movies. But I mean, he was he was popular. It was very similar, like on some The Rock, running for president, like The Rock. I mean, hey, you know what it is? Arnold Schwarzenegger like became Arnold. governor of California. What, like, what the hell? It's like if Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> all of a sudden decides to go run for president. He can't run for president. Oh, but that, yeah. yeah, that type of movement where it was like, yo, he was he was a popular muscular guy who was in movies and was popular, and then he got into politics, and then next thing was president. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm done with the celebrity presidents unless it's like Oprah or somebody. I think we need a. I'm done with that one before it started, but that's just me. Why not, BJ? That's that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother segment of the show, man. I think we, I think we done with uh with Obama and Madiba, so you 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 up. That nah, we I mean we <laughs> the, the way I feel about it right now is just really that's just a it's a puppet move. That it would be it would be people trying to prove a point without really substance behind it. Personal thoughts, personal feeling. Interesting. Do you think that there's ever right now the ability to be president without having to play a puppet? With substance inside? Yeah. With substance, yes. Okay. You can be, 
put it this way. The initial push, the surge to get you there would be the crowd hype about it. But there's actual substance behind once you get there, what's going to happen, what's, what's going to occur. I, I don't think with her, it's going to be that substance behind it. Who is my Oprah? Yeah. I think there would definitely be substance behind it. I just don't know how, where the true focus would be. You know, the thing that scares me with like Oprah's, I mean, to be honest, is just like the, 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 Unability to accept the word nigga, right? As 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 plain <laughs> and simple as it is, but like on the level, and it's weird, right? But like the uncompromising understanding of the difference of execution and how people use it. And it sounds weird and funny, but I like people who can relate on all playing fields, right? And understand that just because I didn't grow in the same circumstances as you doesn't mean that I, I understand that I, that doesn't mean that I should assume that you enjoy or like, or need to act the same way that I do. And I always get weary of people who are so strong and adamant against, um, you know, in a sense, the way people grew up in, 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 in something that is not looked to, to be offensive in its community. I know this is a whole nother discussion, right? But at the same time, I just don't, I just don't agree with it. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like, I mean, I, I feel like in, I mean, to put it in, in, in form, it's like with an Obama, I don't feel like he would be um, offended. Like he would have a better understanding in um, acceptance and knowing that it wasn't meant to be derogatory why I feel like Oprah would literally stop you in conversation and then it would turn into like a whole nother and it wouldn't matter how simplistic, whatever the conversation was like, Hey, do you like John? Yes. Oh, John legend. Oh yeah. That's my nigga. That and that, like I could see it just taking a total turn and it was just supposed to be a quick little something where Kind of like this conversation, we've gotten to somewhere different. Listen, listen, man. There's been like 44 people in the White House that couldn't relate to me. So, <laughs> at Pass. the end of the day, at the end of the day, if if it's Oprah and she can relate to me 60 percent of the time, that's that's better than what I might normally get. The negative one percent, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so I think we're gonna have to close this one out early, fellas. Uh, fresh and beer. So, what was the? I, I need a, a summation. So I'll bring it back. Right. What fresh and biz initially was was chisel at life, don't hammer. So don't um, look to be so forced into trying to take things in in these large uh, breaths, in these large attempts. Be happy and understanding and execution of the small pieces. However, I want to take it a, a step further with the greatest journey begin with one step. So in order to have and experience that journey, it is going to take that first step in that first um, piece of, of, I'm ready, I can do it, I'm in it, in order for you to execute. And so 
yes, the best journeys begin with one step, but chisel it life. Do not hammer. And other than that, man, go get it. It's your time. I believe in you. We do too. Let's go. It's your time, Coach K. What you got, man? It's my time? It's your time. How do you know Mr. Logistics didn't have something to say, man? Let's go for the logistics ladder. Logistics ladder? (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to give you some numbers. (laughs) This is how you strategically plan. (laughs) Look, man, I I mean, again, it's it's nothing prophetic. It's nothing just a take it day by day. Like, all this stuff I, I learned a long time ago when it comes to the money, the relationships. Yes, you need long-term plans, but again, the, the, it goes right along with the chisel away. Like you got to take it day by day because you might not even be here tomorrow. So once I, I've got that under my belt, like all that stuff I used to stress about, out the window, no I, I don't care about it no more. What I'm doing right now, my family, take care and make sure I'm providing them as much as I can. And in case something happened to me, provide for them. Other than that, man, we just live in life. Yeah, that 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 pressure that we put on ourselves of worrying about what status we reach, who we are. Um, those of you that are out there worrying about if Kiki is, is gonna ride with you, if she's gonna be by your side. Uh message. If you gotta ask. Yeah, if you gotta ask. If it's not in the action and the intention and the what they're doing, then you, you, you need to move on. Pretty much. Pretty Back. much. Like that, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get this podcast on all your podcatchers, man. iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, catch the video, SoundCloud. We up on uh, Vimeo. Vimeo. That's the one I always forget. Vimeo. Make sure you follow us on social media at 13th Floor, please. Fresh, keep knocking them down, man. Cutting them up, chopping them up, posting them to your Facebook, your Instas, all of that. But we out of here this evening. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me here on the 13th floor. Where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. You have a nice time, please. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.